Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Anomalous Radio Network. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. Got a super, super special episode for you guys. I finally have them. I'm like super stoked to have these two guys on my show. Now, you heard each of them individually, but you haven't heard them together. And if you have not checked out their podcast that I plug at the end of every episode, The Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, you guys are missing out. Everybody, Stand innovation. Please welcome Johnny and Deuce from Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hey guys, yay! What's up, man? You really plugged on, guys? every one of your shows? Yes, I plugged you guys. I feel like we got to get them on payroll now, Johnny. No. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like he, he needs to be like an executive producer or some shit if he's doing all that kind of work. <laughs> I agree. So, guys, uh, Johnny has been on the Sony discussion with me, and he'll be on the show, hopefully, to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn, because he just platinumed the game, and I'm super happy for that. Yeah, super exciting. And Deuce, of course, has been on the show talking about with the Gears of War trilogy with Anthony Cantu, and we'll soon have to talk about Gears 4, because I kind of want to hear what you think of that game. Uh, I... I want to say a year, but it's not. It hasn't been a year yet, so I want to get your thoughts on on that game later on, uh, Deuce. But we'll do a show about that later on. Everybody, I have these two on the show to talk about something very retro. We're going to be talking about our favorite '80s and '90s movies, and the way that we do it, we're going all going to pick three '80 movies, three '90 movies, and soundtracks are included. So, if you want to talk about a movie soundtrack and everything, you fully can. And this is a big open discussion. So, the way I'm going to start it, Johnny, I'm going to start with you with your first '80s movie. But before we get into that, I'm sorry, everybody. Can you guys give us some background on your podcast and about you, you guys? I never done that. Uh, so Johnny Deuce, let us know what is Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Uh, well, we're a twice weekly podcast. Uh, we talk about anything from video games and movies, professional wrestling. I mean, we pretty much talk about you know assortment of topics. Uh, we're, we our episodes, new episodes, release on Tuesdays and Fridays, and um, we usually have special guests. We usually have we do a lot. We do interviews as well. And uh, we're Deuce has been working like a champ. He's been on location with a lot of our events. We go to different conventions as well and interview guests there as well. So it's a uh, pretty much uh, you'll know when you see the title of the episode what the if it's going to be something of your interest. Uh, but our two biggest topics is wrestling and video games. Those are the ones we get probably the most uh, followers and listeners of. Uh, and uh, so we, you know, we've been year strong. We have 260 episodes dropped as of the taping of your episode here and uh so we just having a great time you can follow us on soundcloud you can follow us on itunes stitcher google play music we're working on that uh working on that spotify as well so people can find us pretty much anywhere you can get your uh you know get your sources for uh podcasts so and uh we're having a great time and deuce and i've known each other for over 20 years so we're best friends and uh you know we decided to talk on the mic and we've here we are two and two and a half years later yeah, it's been fun, man. Wow. And I have been, Deuce has uh, maybe, uh, is, am I deacon, deacon food or? The deacon of fast food eating. <laughs> yeah, the deacon of fast yeah, man, food yeah. eating. Taking off. We got the Twitter. We got the official Twitter. It's at 
fast food deacon, which I was so I was like, holy fuck, nobody's come up with this idea. So, uh, yeah, if you ever want to find us at fast food deacon or you can follow me on Facebook. Um, you know, we're always putting out like whatever the newest like fast food gimmick food is. I'm all about it because I'm, I'm like, you know, they, they do some sort of, you know, naked chicken chalupa at Taco Bell. Oh, motherfucker, I got to get on that. Like, or they do some sort of new thing at Pizza Hut. Like, what? It's a lot of gimmick fast food stuff, but, I mean, we love it. And I love talking about food anyway. So, it's a good time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Praise fast food Jesus. <laughs> yeah, praise yeah. fast food Jesus. Praise him. Oh, that's just no makes me so well, we're going to go get into the topic. So, Johnny, uh, what is your first 80s movie? Like, your favorite 80s movie? Um, I have to go with um, one, of, one of my first, like, memories of, like, really being, like, blown away by, like, like um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a movie that it, it's, it's got a lot of fans, but I tried to pick a movie that, you know, wasn't as mainstream, but it's still it's a pretty big following. Uh, I I love the Labyrinth with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. Uh, that movie yes. is fantastic. That... The the Jim Henson's Creature Shop and all all that. I I loved I love that. Uh, the music, the soundtrack was great. I I love the the fantasy world that it was set in. Uh, soundtrack was awesome. Just a great great fantasy film. Yeah, that movie is a classic. Um, isn't it like one of the dark uh Jim Henson movies in a way? Uh, yeah, it's a darker one. I mean, it's it's like one of his uh, it's an older one for sure, like earlier in his history. Um, but it's it's uh, I don't know. This this came out before Dark Crystal, I think. Dark Crystal was a later thing that that came out. I think they reused assets from Labyrinth. But okay. uh, yeah, I re- really 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 enjoyed this film. Uh. And it still holds up, I think. You know, even with the creatures and Muppets and all that, I still think it's very entertaining and kind of scary too. There's some scary moments in there. I mean, the you know, I mean, he's, the, the 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 Goblin King, whatever his name is, I forget his name now. Um, he, he you know, David Bowie's character, he's literally taking a baby, you know, out of someone's house. So, I mean, it's kind of you know, yeah, it's kind of scary a little bit, you know. Oh wow. Man, yeah. that yeah, yeah, that that one is definitely a classic. Uh, so Deuce, what is your favorite eighties? What's one of your favorite eighty movies? Well, I'm actually I'm gonna go from the top, like my favorite, and kind of work my way down. Okay, but I wanted to throw a little uh little something on what Johnny just said about the labyrinth. So, like what I've been doing lately with my Netflix movies, because I actually haven't sent the disc to my house, is uh. Like, I'll get, like, newer movies, but I try to throw in a movie I haven't seen before that people talk about all the time. So, literally, I shit you not, two months ago, I got Labyrinth and watched it for the first time. And I got to say, like, because I'd never seen it as a kid, so I'm sure if you saw it as a kid, it's got more of a nostalgia factor. But Johnny's right, man. That movie holds up. Like, like that movie was good from beginning to end. And, I mean, that was my first time seeing it, you know, being the age I am in, you know, 2017. But, I mean, it holds up. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, when you go back to old movies that you didn't see, you're kind of surprised on how it holds up, if it's good or not, and just be like, wow, like, they were doing stuff and telling stories that you just don't see today. Or they just, sometimes they would just throw something at the wall to see if it sticks. 
So, oh, speaking of throwing oh. shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks, and this is actually one of my benchmark movies. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Actually, it's the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the Eighth Dimension. <laughs> I love this movie, and I'll tell you what: when I was in high school. It was like one of those litmus tests. Like if if I'd been hanging out with somebody for a little bit and like I thought they were cool, but I didn't know if we were going to be good friends or not, I would have them over and we'd watch Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. And I knew by the end of that movie if me and them were going to be friends or not. Like if they loved that movie and were like, this is awesome, then we were cool. But at the end of the movie, they're like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, get the fuck out of my house. Wow. Get this. Or as, as Eddie likes me to say, bitch, get this. Fuck on out my house. <laughs> well, it, it, I really liked it. I really liked the film a lot because it had a lot of people that you know now are household names. You know, like John Lithgow and uh, Jeff Goldblum and and all that. So it's you know it, Christopher Lloyd and all that stuff. So like it is. It's a really uh, it's an entertaining movie uh, and it's out there. You got to kind of you know go in, go into it with an open mind but i i, I agree with deuce i think it's really good i i you know it's it's really quirky and fun oh, and it's yeah. like one of those because there's a couple of them on this list here from the 80s and the 90s that literally once a year i'll watch it like every year now it might be different time each year but once a year i'll pop it in and i'll watch it and it still holds up man the blu-ray because that's the thing they just released on blu-ray a few months ago and i picked up the blu-ray Still holds up. Yeah. Uh, kind of almost to me, that's like how Spaceballs was, like when it came to Blu-ray. Like, it still holds up. Like, it's still funny. It still looks good. And just like having it on Blu-ray, I'm just like, oh, this movie has all... It's still, this, as many years as it's been out, it's still funny. Even though I've watched it a million of times, it's still funny. But it still looks yeah. good. Well, my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies growing back up in the 80s uh, is The Last Dragon. And I will tell you why. (laughs) Not only was the soundtrack, the dialogue, and the fight scenes were really good, my dad took me to two theaters to go see this. And he and both of them were like a dollar, like the dollar movies, like those kind of matinees. And I just enjoyed watching that movie you know, for a dollar and just was cracking up and knowing all the lines and seeing show enough and vanity and just seeing all this crazy stuff. It just be like to have a black martial art film. And then the iconic scene for me have as always when, uh, Bruce Leroy is dipped in the water for the last time. And he comes out and it slows down and you just seen that flash of water and light. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that shot is just still iconic and amazing to me. And I just love that movie. Every time I see it, it, it just gives me like, oh, I, I wish they would do a remake. But I don't know who will, you know, I don't know who will play the parts for that movie. So The Last Dragon is mine. So Johnny, what's your second one? 80s movie. Uh, mine is, might be a surprise to some people. Uh, I, it's a movie that I had to, I didn't, didn't understand it the first time I watched it, but when I got older, I really picked up on the comedy aspect of it was the princess bride. Yeah. 
which, uh, you know, of course, the wrestling, one of the main reasons I watched it was because Andre the Giant was in it. And, you know, I was, you know, Deuce and I are big wrestling fans. And so, like, I, I watched it just because he was in it. And at the time, as a kid, I didn't really understand the jokes, you know. And, and now as I get older, I was like, oh, man, this is hilarious, you know. And uh, the switching, I didn't understand the switching of the, 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 the poison drinks. I didn't understand any of that as a kid. And when I got older, I was like, okay, that's that's clever. And, and it was just really, like, slapsticky at times, really funny, very Mel Brooks-like, uh, uh-huh. that, 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 that movie. Uh, and uh, I think Jerry Brockheimer, I think he's the one that was uh, behind it. Uh, but um, uh, I can't remember who else was behind it. But uh, it had some awesome, you know, it had Carrie Elvis, who we all know now later on. Uh, uh, he was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. You know, he was, he's always kind of been in that comedy zone, but he's also in Saw and stuff like that. And uh, it's just that, that, that movie has it all for me. And of course, you have adorable, little, cute little uh 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 fred savage you know from the wonder years you know he's in that oh, so like yeah you know, he's, that is right you know he was in that and but it's based off the book because there was the book and the same title and essentially the grandfather is reading the story but it's pretty much a twist on the book uh and it's uh i never read the book but the movie's just it's it's comedy first and it has like a romance in it but it's not like too cheesy or anything like that and and it's just they they do a lot of like like it's a very slapstick, very you know, even has like, even has like Monty Python type of comedy in there too. Like it's just really all over the place. And uh, but it, it has pretty nice choreographed fight scenes. Like there's a great sword fight scenes. Uh, so like you've got action, you've got comedy, you've got a little bit of the romance in there. It's just like it's a full package movie for me. Uh, and I I showed it to my son for the first time, and uh, he really enjoyed it. Um, he's seven, so I think about seven eight years old. I think he really. It's a good time to watch it. Before that, you might not get it because like, it was like me. I didn't quite understand it. But my son, he really, really enjoys it. And he laughs at the jokes and stuff. So when you about to show your kids they're about seven or eight, they'll really appreciate the film. But Princess Bride. Oh, okay. Yes. You know, I didn't even know it was the book. I always thought it was just an original movie. Yeah, no, it's based on a, based on a book as well. Oh, so. wow. I did not know that. There it was a William movie. Goldman novel called Princess Bride that was, uh, you know, came out first, and then they decided to, uh, you know, do it, you know, decided to do the movie or whatever. Um, and, it, and it's pretty well received. A lot, I mean, a lot of uh, people, you know, I think even on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at uh, like a ninety-seven percent, so that's really high. Yeah. You know, so it's very well received. Uh, a lot of people really, really, uh, you know, taken to that. And it's really grown well too. It's it's a timeless film. Uh, and uh, like I said, I never read the book before. But, uh, you know, it's based on the book. They actually have the grandfather reading out of the book to uh, Fred Savage. Uh, and it's, you know, I think it holds up today. And uh, there's there's a lot of things in it. Like, if you've not seen the film, you, people have to see it. Uh, and it was uh, I made a mistake earlier. Directed by Rob Reiner, uh, who we know from Spinal Tap and stuff like that. Uh, so he's already known for his comedy and stuff like that. But uh, re- really, really great film. And there's a lot of, like, quotes in there as you wish inconceivable a lot lots of like quotes you know deuce has probably seen it a few times as well but uh yeah i was gonna uh, drop a little bomb on you guys i've never seen that movie from beginning to end all the way through oh wow oh yeah i definitely need to borrow it from you now like i've seen bits and pieces and when people make the pop culture references like inconceivable or you say that word but i don't think you know what it means and yeah. I'm Tony Montana. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Like I know yeah. what those things mean. So like when people say it, I get it. But 
I need to at some point sit down and watch the movie from beginning to end so I can say that I've watched it. Because I know I've watched bits and pieces because that was a trivia question I was actually going to ask you, Johnny. What original NES game is Ben Savage playing when they start the movie? Oh, you you know it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Was it a racing game? I can't remember. No, but you're close. I'll give you a hint. It's sports. He wasn't playing Olympics, was he? No, it was RBI baseball. RBI baseball. Sweet. RBI baseball, and then he switches over to, I think it's like a Cubs game or something. Because he's got his team here, and he switches between like a baseball, like video game, to a baseball, like actual baseball. And then that's when his grandpa comes in. Who, that guy, wasn't that guy Matlock that was reading him the book? Yep. The grandfather? Like, he's super famous. Like, I don't. I don't know what he's done, but I swear I think it's Matlock or something. Yeah, he's he's a really famous uh, he's a really famous guy. Uh, uh, Peter Falk, that Falk was his name, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, he he was uh, he at the time he was very famous. He was uh, I think he was in Colombo, wasn't he? Colombo, that's, that's right. what it was. Colombo, Matlock, yeah. fucking uh, oh, what's old man uh, sheriff uh, uh, and, and the uh, oh you Griffith. know what I'm talking about? Andy Griffith yeah. is Matlock. Yeah. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, getting all my Bluebird specials mixed together. It's all good, but yeah, Columbo. Yeah, my dad. I, I used to watch Columbo with my dad. My dad's a huge fan of those, you know, old time uh, shows like that. Oh wow! You mentioned Spinal Tap. I have not seen that movie yet. I know of it, but I haven't seen it yet. It's out there. It, it's out there. It's pretty crazy. It, it's a lot. Has a lot of the British humor in it. So, uh-huh. like, it's, it's it's like it's it's different. So if you like uh if you like uh you know Monty Python and stuff like that, it's a it's essentially a fake documentary. Uh, it's another great film that came out in the eighties, uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Um, so but Princess Bride is is amazing. I love that film. I can't recommend it enough. Um, but yeah. It's, definitely uh worth checking out i think they have a really nice blu-ray of it we picked up last year like it's the 25th anniversary edition or something like that it's it's got all the special features and stuff uh really awesome and it holds up really well oh. and it's everywhere you can find it on, on google play you know amazon all that stuff so oh yes yes so deuce what is your second second favorite 80s movie well, here's the thing. When I tried to pick my favorite 80s movies, I tried to think outside the box to think of things that I really love. And it is definitely Evil Dead 2 with Bruce <laughs> King. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it just, it's a classic. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I watched Evil Dead 1. But once you watch Evil Dead 2, it's just so much better. Um, and it's funny because actually, oh gosh, I want to say it was like three years ago. Uh, the, it, we have this little like independent movie theater in uh, Orlando called the Enzian, and they show mostly like art house movies and stuff. Yeah, but they'll show like cult classics during the week, and then it, during Halloween, like each Saturday night, they'd have a midnight showing of a movie. And I want to say it was three years ago on midnight on Halloween they showed Evil Dead Two, and we went and watched it, and it was my first time actually seeing it in a theater. And it blew my mind, man. Like, I'd seen it a hundred times at the house, but actually seeing it at a theater with people cosplayed as Ash and all that kind of stuff, it was, oh, man, it was awesome. 
that's another one I need to watch. Because uh, I seen Evil Dead, but I didn't watch Evil Dead 2. Uh, you need to watch Evil Dead 2 because it's way better than the first one. And then after that, you need to watch Army of Darkness, which is a sequel. Yeah. And then you need to maybe talk to somebody that's got a stars account that maybe you can wink, wink, nudge, nudge, borrow a, a password from and watch the Ash versus Evil Dead TV show. Because I can tell you what, that show is one of the best shows on TV. I heard it started off slow, but then it started getting good like later on. As the series went along, because it's it, it's it, it has the second series season started. I second think. season's already over, and we're okay. getting a third season. I want to say they might have even signed it on for season four. Like it does crazy good ratings for stars. Stars loves it, and it comes on in October. And what I like is the seasons are short. The seasons are only like thirteen episodes or something, uh-huh. which is perfect because. I mean, yes, it's got horror, but it's also got comedy. And it's got, like, a little bit of everything. So because of that, it makes it really, really good because, you know, you, like, I don't know if you could prolong that out for, like, a huge, huge amount of time. And plus, episodes are only, like, half an hour. So it's perfect. Okay. Oh, yeah, then I definitely have to seek, seek that out. Yeah, because I heard uh, Army of Darkness is a good one. Uh, Evil Dead 2 was... Army of Darkness a fucking classic man like anybody hasn't seen that that's one of those movies i put up there with like the adventures of buckaroo bonsai big trouble in little china like all those like classic classic 80s movies it, it for me and actually that might even be an early 90s that i have to look at the date on it mm-hmm. but uh that that movie is a classic it's funny um my old apartment that i used to live in uh, i had all movie posters and i had one wall where it was all like Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, 7, Fight Club, like all those really cool movies. So, dude, I dug it. Oh, wow. Oh, Fight Club. That that movie was a bunch of confusion. I was so lost at that end. And I'm like, uh, what did I just, like, it was one of those, what did I just watch movies? Like, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't follow. I'm like, like, did I look? Johnny? We lost Johnny, but while we lost Johnny, I'll tell you a little story. So uh, we're in high school. I'm a, I believe I want to say I'm a junior in high school at the time, and Fight Club comes out. Yes. And we had a foreign exchange student. I want to say she was from, like, Germany or something that was, you know, at her school. And me and her started dating for a little bit, and I took her to see Fight Club. I love that movie. That movie to me at that point in my life was borderline a religious experience. Like it was like dropping knowledge like crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, like everything they were saying was like speaking to me, like on another level, man, like Uh the knowledge it was dropping. And the whole time she is looking at me like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. We got done with the movie. I was like, did you love it? And she was like, I love that Brad Pitt was half naked through most of it. I was like, <laughs> hey, we all win. We all win. <laughs> the first rule of Fight Club, do not speak about Fight Club. And then it's just showing, remember, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, wait, that yeah. doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, man, I love that. Oh, God. I, that was a special time in my life when that movie came out. Because hot minute there, like, we were borderline about to start our own fight club. Like we were like that, but we were like, we were like, man, this is like some truth because I was like, man, 
That's right, man. What What do you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Like, seriously. I mean, as a man, like, you don't know dick about yourself if you ain't been in a fight. So, man, it was it was spitting knowledge, man. That movie, whoo, I, I tell anybody, you need to watch that movie at least once. Yeah. I'll probably have to rewatch it and see if I can get a better understanding. Because now that I, I when I watch a movie, I kind of could, uh, grab some some things that now that I'm older. Um, I think with Fight Club, I could do it. I gotta be like, okay, now I understand. Because some of the stuff, I was just like puzzled. I'm like, wait, that doesn't hold it, huh? Wait, that okay. And then I just like took yeah. it out. So. Well, that and the other thing too is like once you watch it and you know the twist, like you pick up on things you didn't pick up. Like I, I've got, I had that movie. I don't know if I still have it because I got robbed actually in my old apartment, so I lost a bunch of my DVDs. But I had, like, the director's cut on DVD before I got robbed. I think I might have rebought it. But anyway, um, but, like, that movie, man, I've seen it so many times. Hell, that's the only movie I think I've watched not only multiple times just the movie, but the multiple times with the director's commentary on there. Like, there's very few movies that I'll, like, I might watch the director's commentary one time, like, while I'm doing other, you know, like, cleaning the house and, like, You know, doing stuff. It's hard to sit and watch a movie, listen to the director's commentary, just not doing nothing. But like that, that I've watched a couple times, just sitting down, like actually watching and paying attention, and like listening to all the little things that they say. Um, I mean, that movie's wild, man. That movie's truth. Oh wow, Fight Club. Uh, that's that's just an extra movie <laughs> on a row. <laughs> Even though that was what two thousand and two. Yeah, no, like no. two thousand. I think it's two thousand because we graduated in two thousand one. I want to say I was a junior, so it's either ninety nine or two thousand, but it's somewhere in there. Okay, all right. Well, for me, of course, I I have to put this on there because every time I watch it, I still die laughing. I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> That's a great movie, man. Oh, I love that movie. Can I get a rib? <laughs> and like trying to buy a rib for twenty five cents, and then Chris, uh, uh, um, Chris Rock just pull out these wads of cash and the Ghetto Olympics in that pimp with the fishbowl suit shoes. I rolled yeah. out of my seat and left it. I mean, it was it was that time of spoof coming, like the Naked Gun, like those kind of spoofs. Yeah, like Naked Gun is always a classic, so it, it's still one of my favorites. But I'm going to get you sucker was just so so. It was, it was just funny level, all the way. And plus, we weren't like. And I'm, I'm probably the wrong color to be saying stuff like this, but at that particular time, we weren't getting a lot of African American movies. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like, you might get an Eddie Murphy, Murphy, Murphy movie. You might get a uh, oh goodness, and I'm going to forget the comedian's name. Whoopi he Goldberg. did a lot of movies. Wilder. Um, oh goodness. Um, well, I'm having brain fart, but anyway, uh, you got a lot of movies like with those two cats. Um, but, like, besides that, you didn't get a lot of, like, African-American comedies. And that was, like, I remember the first time I watched that because a buddy of mine was like, look, you need to watch this, man. This is some truth. And I'm like, all right. And I took it to the house. And I'm, like, falling out my chair laughing. And it was so funny um, and just so good. I was like, oh, goodness. Um, it, Harlem Nights is another one like that that's really, really good. But, I mean, 
so good. Classic movies. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember uh, seeing it one time, and I was like, "Oh man, they have all the, the like the older Wayans brothers are in it, and uh, and they're always hilarious, and they do they do they're really good at improv." And I always yeah. wondered like how much of that movie was done just on like a couple of takes, you know, like unscripted, because yeah. that movie is pretty. I think like ninety percent of that movie is probably unscripted, and I wish I could remember the comedian's name. I'm thinking of he did live on the Sunset Strip. He was also the comedian that set himself on fire. Um, Oh, goodness. I can't, I can't remember. I'm having a brain fart, and because my phone's a piece of shit, I can't talk to you and pull up Wikipedia at the same time. But, like, those were at least in my childhood go- growing uh, up. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Thank, there, there you go. That's why he's my brother right there because he knows when I'm having a brain yeah. fart. Richard Pryor. Like, it was like Richard Pryor and it was like Eddie Murphy and the Wayans brothers were about all you were getting in the 80s when it came to, like, african-american comedy movies and that was it and they were really sparse like you might get one a year maybe if you were lucky you know what i mean so like i mean we've got it good now that we've got so many more you know great african-american voices and comedians that are making movies and doing stuff that you know that culture barrier is is has been knocked down now so but i mean at the time i remember watching that and i was like and it was funny because i could tell like the friends I had that were African-American, it was like, if you liked a movie like that, you were cool with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. they were like, oh, you that movie? And I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Have you seen Harlem Nights? Have you seen, you know, this? Have you seen that? And they're like, oh, okay. He knows his stuff. Like, you know, like he's not, you know, he's just not some cracker. Like, he, he, he you know, he knows some shit. So it gave <laughs> you some street cred before we even knew what the, that word meant, you know? Watching the Golden Child. <laughs> I want the night. Oh, Golden Child. Golden Child is great too, man. <laughs> Golden Child is another one that's fucking perfect. I I I, I want the night. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Uh, I love. They showed that movie a couple of months ago, and I sat down and watched it. And it was just like this movie is still good, fantastic. <laughs> like it holds up. Like, and I think that's the thing. Like, good movies hold up because. There, there's a guy, a local movie critic. He works in Tampa. His name's T.M. Powell. He works for our CW station, and he's on the radio a lot. And I really like him because I like I usually I agree with him a lot, which uh-huh. is good. Um, and he said, you know, the highest I will ever grade a movie when I first watch it is a nine, because he said you've got to earn that extra. St- you got to earn that ten. And he's like, that comes with multiple watches, and that comes with time, because he's like. You know, I gave Independence Day a nine the first time I saw it. And he's like, now it's more like a seven because, you know, once movies age, they kind of the rating changes. You know what I'm saying? Like what you think about it and how much you like it or dislike it changes. And uh, I agree with that a lot. And movies like the ones we're talking about, I think, are the ones that actually get more out of a one to ten stars, in my opinion, get more stars as they get older because they're that good and they can hang on like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Johnny, what is your final eighties movie? Uh, my, my, I was tossing in back. I was kind of doing what Deuce was doing. I was trying to pick movies that were, you know, like they're, they're, they're famous, but they're not like, like star Wars. Like it'd be easy. Yeah, like I, didn't wanna, this, right? I wanted to kind of pick outside the box, okay. but I couldn't, I couldn't not pick this movie. Because it's a movie I've probably seen almost as much as Star Wars is Blade Runner uh, with Harrison Ford. 
Oh, see, we have to disagree now. I did not like Blade Runner at all. Well, which version did you see? And yeah, that's, that's a really question. important question. Um, I think it. Um, I think did it was Harrison the, Ford do voiceovers during it. I think it was the director's cut because I think they put in like extra content in it because it was the one that was on net. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, I think that was just the director's cut. I don't think that was the final cut. The final cut's the best version of the film. Uh, okay. And the, basically, for those who don't know the film, um, the it, it's it obviously stars Harrison Ford. Uh, factor, you know, he was really pretty much only known for uh, Star Wars or you know, Star Wars and Indiana Jones at the time. And and this was, of course, uh, you know, this this I love this because it, this movie was like. It was, it was all about like the future and about like how we how the world changed and like when you, when you have like the replicants which are pretty much like androids robots if you will that mm-hmm. look like humans and they're trying to figure out like it influenced a lot of shows and uh, the irony is is that James El- uh, Edward Almost who plays Admiral Adama in the new uh, Battlestar Galactica show uh, you know the the previous show. Uh, you know, he's in this, and of course, there was an original show called Battlestar Galactica, but it wasn't as deep as the newer show was. Mm-hmm. So he's already in something that was like talking about you know replicants and you know these these uh, androids and whatnot. And it, it also starred uh, you know a lot of great people in it as well. Like I said, uh, Edward James almost. Um, also, uh, you had uh, young Daryl Hannah, who I like. I was in love with her when I watched this film. She was beautiful. Like I was just like, oh my god, she's amazing. Uh, and it's just, it's really cool to see where people were and to where they are now. And, and see, I've, I own like the, the ultimate edition of, on Blu-ray for, uh-huh. uh, for Blade Runner. And it has all five versions. There's a director's cut. There's a theatrical cut. There's the final cut. There's the, the, the work print cut. They're all different versions. And the one that most people have seen is the director's cut. Cause that was the one that was the most famous or the most readily available on yes. Netflix and on, uh, DVD. Yeah, and that one is okay, uh, but the final cut takes everything because the thing is, the the, the original work print was uh, was more violent, and uh, so they took pieces of the work print, they took pieces from the original theatrical cut, and then the director's cut, and then they threw in stuff that wasn't in all any of them at all, and they put them in, and it's 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 you have to see the final cut for those listening, uh, you have to see the final cut. That is personally my definitive edition. I, yeah. I liked it back in the day when I was a kid. But I didn't quite. I was a little too young because it is kind of like a thinking man sci-fi movie. Like yeah. you really have yeah. to like. It's a lot yeah. of thinking involved. Well, yeah, you really have to. Sit. Yeah, and if anyone who owns the game Snatcher, uh, designed by Hideo Kojima, that game it was a, been influenced by Blade Runner. And I think when I finally, because I was really hyped to watch Blade Runner, and I'm gonna take your advice, Johnny. I'm actually gonna order it. And watch the final cut because I want to see how it is. Because from a technical standpoint, it it looks. I mean, it looks good. They did a lot of things that that wasn't being done in the movies. So I mean, for a technical standpoint, it's really good. I think it was like for some of the story beats and probably some of the editing. It was just it just it, that was part of the problem. But if the final cut fixes those problems and it really adds more to it then i need to watch that version because yeah like it was the director's cut that i was just like oh i cannot like i cannot love this movie uh, like it- well the the problem the problem is the director's cut really isn't the director's cut that that that's what fools people when you hear it i mean it's called the director's cut 
but it's it's just a different cut of the film and and this had just that's why Ridley Scott actually did an interview on on uh, on the version. He's like, hey, this the director's cut that you see isn't really my go ahead, like final complete. That's why he actually went in with the final cut and actually made the version of the film that he wanted to make. Because you got to remember, you back in the day, you know, as a director, you have a lot of talking heads that you have to you know appease. You know, you have a lot yeah. of people that you have to talk to, and and also this, this was based. It's tough too because this was based on a Philip K. Dick. Uh, short story called "New Androids Dream of Electric Sheep." Yeah, uh, because I mean, so he had to take it off based on like a short novel as well. So it's his own interpretation of it. So it's it's you know it's not it, it's a different type of film, and it, and and it, it isn't for everybody. I mean, some people don't it, like it, but and sci-fi movie for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it came out exactly. The irony behind it, the reason I kind of gravitated towards it too, is because it came out exactly four months to the day. Uh, before I was born, it, it came out June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two, and I was born uh, on October twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two. So I always thought that was kind of wow. kind of Did interesting. It, it came out on June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two. Yep, that's my birthday. I know. That's that's, that's wild, man. Oh wow! It came out the year the day you were born, dude. The day so. I was born, and it's actually one of my favorite movies. And here's one thing, guys, and, and just to kind of talk to you to the listeners. Just as movie fans, you need to see when your local theater replays these old movies because we're lucky. We've got the Sinopolis that's near us, and they show old movies like on Tuesdays. Like this past Tuesday, they had Donnie Darko. A couple weeks ago, they had Mad Max 2. Um, and I actually got to see the final cut there at Sinopolis on the big screen, which is the first time I'd ever seen it, Blade Runner at all in a movie theater, much less the final cut. And, like, there's something to be said to actually sit down in a movie theater, especially when it's older movies like that, because the people that come see it are people that love it, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, have that shared experience. Like, there's something about movies that no other, in my opinion, form of art has because it's a shared ex- experience. And uh, I-, I can't recommend that to your listeners enough. If you ever get a chance, number one, go and see some of these old-school classics at art houses or indie theaters, or maybe even your local movie theater does it every once in a while. And two, especially Blade Runner, because, man, that that final cut, when I watched it at the movie theater, man, it it, it blew my mind. Like, it it's was legit. It, really, it is legit. On big screen <laughs> with the surround sound and everything. It was fucking baller. Yeah, I'm also, not... talk about an amazing uh, film score by, oh, yeah. uh, by Vangelis. Oh, yeah. Or Vangelis, whatever his name is. Fantastic score, amazing soundtrack. That I'll give to you. That soundtrack is good. That soundtrack is really good. I think it was just the editing to me that uh kind of threw me off. But that final cut, yeah, I'm gonna have to just order it and like literally sit down and watch that final cut because it. I hope I hope <coughs> it the stuff that adds more, um, kind of adds more to the story a little bit and some of the editing. It does. Okay. Yeah. There's actually a whole scene. Well, I won't spoil it, but there's actually a whole scene that wasn't in, that wasn't featured in any of the films that's in this. So there, there's actually more story elements, um, and also uh, they didn't hold back on the violence too. Uh, the thing that other the other movies ha- ha- pretty much were kind of the director's cut was actually tamed down on the violence. Actually, they took a lot of the violence out of it, and the violence isn't just to have be violent. The violent is to kind of give you that story, the raw like this is how how tough this time is that they're, mm-hmm. that they're living in. And the violence really made it humanized it a little bit, made it more real. So that's why 
the final cut so to me is so much different than the other films and this is a film that i grew to love even later in life like i didn't i wasn't in love with it from the very beginning i had to like you know after watching the different versions and finally seeing the final cut i was like this this movie's the best so okay. uh, it... don't forget there is a sequel coming out as well uh blade runner 2049 so that's for those that are fans of the of the, of the blade runner series uh it will be uh is it a remake because i thought they said it was a or is it a reboot it's a sequel it's a sequel oh yeah. they're doing a sequel okay yeah, um, yeah. which I, I i'm gonna hold my judgment on that just because that movie is such a classic and it's so perfect what well, i that think i almost think making Another one is just a horrible idea. Well, you know, I think because... And I don't say that that often, but... I think because of the technology and the special effects that we have now, I think it's going to make the... be able to tell the story and make it a little bit more believable um, with some of... Maybe, but you got to remember, like, when Blade Runner first came out, those effects were fucking cutting edge. And, like, so many video games... And movies and TV shows have stolen bits and pieces of Blade Runner because it was so, like, it was like the bleeding edge of, like, technology at the time between, like, using mats and miniatures and computers and, like, all the shit. It did. Like, like when you first watched that movie in the 80s, you probably thought, like, this is going to be the goddamn future. Like, this... Like, this, I just saw Into the Future. This is what it's going to look like. And, like, so many things have kind of cribbed from it, if you will, mm-hmm. a little here and there, which, because th- nothing with that movie was wrong because of technology. It wasn't like, oh, we don't have the, the effects budget to do this. Like, the effects were perfect, and the story was perfect. I'm just afraid that, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this new one. Because <laughs> there's certain movies, in my opinion, you just don't need to touch. It's like one and done. Like, that's perfect. You don't even need to mess with it. <laughs> well, Johnny, let me ask you. Um, watching the final cut, violence and stuff, do you think it was it was equal or or a little bit tame compared to, like, Robocop's violence? Because Robocop's violence was just insane. Like, that movie was just violent to be violent. It's not as violent as Robocop, no. Um, it's No, no, no. It, Robocop is totally different. I yeah. mean, that, talking apples and oranges, like... Yeah. They added more violence to the to the director's cut, or not director's cut, excuse me, the final cut. But like, it, it kind of you needed that violence because you you have to understand that that world is rough, and uh-huh. then also it kind of helps explain to you because these replicants, they're they like they, it's almost like Westworld. They pass as normal. Like if you ran into one, you would think it's a normal human being until you figure out that it's not. And they're not messing around because their lives are so short that they're like, fuck you. I'm going to try and extend my life out because they only live like eight years or something. Like that's right. all it. So like their whole goal in life is to get more time. Um, so like they're they're violent, like they're violent motherfuckers. And it's one of those things like it's almost like a Terminator or something like it's totally real. You think it's totally normal. Oh, it's totally human. And then you're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, it's about to pop off. So, you know, I, I think the violence actually added to the movie because I'm not I, I'm with you. I'm not one in movies for violence, for violence sake. Me and my dad actually had a conversation about this the other day because we went and we saw the new John Wick movie. And that thing was violent as fuck. And like 
me and my dad both said, like, that's ridiculous. Like, I mean, we both love the movie, but we're like, let's be real for a minute. That was goddamn ridiculous. Like, Keanu Reeves killed, like, 150 people with a shotgun and a pistol. Like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but, like, we enjoyed the movie and we loved it. But also, we found something out, and this is totally off topic, but, like, if you watch a movie at home, like, Christmas Day, me and my mom and dad, we watched the first John Wick movie and we watched the new Mechanic movie. Because we said, we just want to watch some action movies and just... Not think about nothing. And we were fine, even though those movies were both very violent. Then we went to the movie theater and we saw John Wick 2. And because you're in the movie theater and it's dark and you're only focused on the movie, it, like, intensified the violence tenfold, in my opinion. Like, the violence was way more violent because you're sitting there looking at it. It's dark. You're only focused on that. And it was. It was pretty intense. Like, when we all three got out, we went to the bar and had a drink. <laughs> we went home. Well, because the, the John Wick movies, one, I need to watch two. Um, that's more stylish violence. Like, it's it's choreographed to look stylish. You know, where, I, where the violence in Blade Runner, like you guys said, it helps tell the story. Like, I guess the final cut. cut yeah. Is, like Robocop was just I don't know, it was just it felt like it just needed to be violent just to be violent, just to appease the man. Like nothing stylish about the kills in Robocop. Well, I think that that was kind of the point in that movie was making Robocop, if we're gonna use that as an example. Mm. I think the over the top violence was part of the it's part of the joke, it's part of the gimmick, like it's part of the movie. Like this is so just ridiculous, this violence, you know. That it was kind of part of the movie, and I think it was part of the, what, like, the director, the point the director was making, if that makes any sense, like, is how ridiculous this shit is and all this violence. But, like, I'm not gonna lie, John Wick 2, I was like, God damn, he's killing motherfuckers left and right. And it's violent. Like, you see, like, brains exploding out of the back of people's heads and shit. And I'm like, the fuck, dude? So. <laughs> Especially with my mom's. My mom's is sitting right next to me, and my dad's next to her. And I'm like, God damn, John. How about you pull that back a minute? So see, it, But see, that's what I like about Punisher Warzone. It's, less, it's that stylish violence. Even though it's comic, be like, well, this is Punisher. This is what he's known well, for yeah, to be violent. Well, known better. Plus, my mom and dad loved the first movie because the whole reason he was killing all these people is because they killed his dog. Yeah. And my mom and dad, they love my pug. So, like... Yeah, if anybody shot our pug, we're fucking killing all of them. We're murdering their families. We're murdering their friends. We burned the whole neighborhood down. So allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. So, but uh, yeah, thank you for the legal department over there, Johnny. Allegedly, but like, so this one didn't have that kind of jump off. So yeah. I think they did relate as well. But I, I don't know that we're talking about a whole other movie now. So let's get back on the track, I guess. Okay. Well, uh, Deuce, it's your turn. What is your final '80s favorite movie? Oh, mine? Yes. Okay. Now, now my inner redneck's going to come out on this one a little bit, but it is Roadhouse by Mr. Patrick Swayze himself. Because let me tell you, brother, when it comes to my pops, John Deuce, there is two movies he quotes like they were extra chapters of the Bible. At what, three, actually. Roadhouse, Days of Thunder, and Tombstone. He quotes all three of those movies like oh, they were wow. extra books in the Bible. And I'm not going to lie, like, Roadhouse, like, 
that's one of those movies, if it's on TV, I will drop whatever the fuck I'm doing to watch. Like, I don't even care if it's in the middle. Like, I will stop what I'm doing and watch the rest of it. Because, to me, that movie is just, it's perfect. Like, the soundtrack's good with all the cool country music. Like, Terry Funk, who's an amazing professional wrestler's in it. Bigfoot's in it. I'm not, like, Bigfoot, like, the, you know, the, is he real Bigfoot? I mean, the monster truck, Bigfoot, oh. is in it. Like, I mean... That movie, in my opinion, is just fucking perfect, and it's so eighties. It's, I mean, the the you know, pain don't hurt, and like the quotes in it are so just perfect, perfect eighties quotes. And I'm not even gonna lie, some of the shit and Johnny will back me up on it is rules I live my life by, like yeah. all the time. Like he, he'll be the first to tell you because I, my thing is is I always say be nice until it's time not to be nice, and Johnny knows because he'll be like. Why the fuck didn't you go off on that guy? And I'm like, I was being nice. It was it wasn't time not to be nice yet. So because there's been times me and him, and I'm not gonna pull the curtain back too far, but there's been times where we've talked show wise and life wise about stuff, and I'm like, ah, I let it go. And he's like, What the fuck you let that go? And I'm like, Hey man, it's time to be nice. So Yep. That's true. And also you have the the amazing Sam Elliott as well. That's in that's in this film. Who you know he's always Perfect. known for his voice. Yeah. His voice is so iconic now. Yeah. So guilty thing. I have never seen Roadhouse. It's never. Um, I I don't know. I didn't. I never seeked it out. That's why. But I heard it's like boss to the walls insane craziness but it's so good so that's another on my list i'll seek that out oh and watch it don't get me wrong it's 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 definitely got a good thick layer of cheese on it uh-huh. but i think you're doing yourself a disservice you need to watch it once it's only like an hour and a half it's not a long movie but it's yeah. really good it's actually the first time i'd ever heard of jujitsu mm-hmm. was in that movie because like the 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 main character patrick swayze uh, Dalton, he's actually, he is a philosophy, like, I think he's got a PhD in philosophy, and he's, he's not a bouncer, he's a cooler, so, basically, like, he goes to these clubs, and he tells them, he's like, hey, these are the things we need to do to kind of, like, deal with stuff, like, like, he starts rattling off all of his rules, like, of how to be a, a, a bouncer, and he's like, you know, be nice until it's time not to be nice, Take it outside. Never let anything happen inside the club. Like, and the movie is so quotable. I mean, it's got so many great quotes in that movie. Like, she she's uh he gets cut and she's uh the girls like uh, stitching him up. She's like, "Do you want any painkillers or nothing like that?" And he's like, "No, pain don't hurt." And like he she's like sewing him up and he's got no like anesthetic and he's just like, "Yeah, pain don't hurt." And I'm like, "That's such a fucking eighties quote right there. Pain don't hurt." So, I mean, it's great. It's, it's, uh, you should see it once. You definitely should see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It might, because, you know, you're not born in the South like us, so it might not hit that sweet spot for you like it hits for us, but But, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't at least watch it once. But see, I love Patrick Swayze, and, um, it, it was, I think it was just a movie never talked around in my area. Um, because, like, even in my household and in my family, like, they they don't lean too much on onto action movies like that, um, yep. but I, I just never I it just never appeared in my mind. Uh, but I watch I watch it. I would definitely watch. Me too. And if you really like it, I can give you some 
Patrick Swayze like deep cuts. Like one of my favorite Swayze movies is Next of Kin, but that is like a really deep cut Patrick Swayze movie action movie. But like start off with Roadhouse if you like Roadhouse. I mean, because Patrick Swayze, I mean, what a man's man. I mean, he did Dirty Dancing. He did Ghost. He did Roadhouse. He did Point Break, which is fucking excellent. Like that movie. That one I need to watch. Point Break. I need to watch. I need to because I want. I do want to see the remake, but I want to watch the original. A skip. That thing's a load of horse shit. (laughs) And two, go watch the original. Like if I ever find the director who made the remake, I will kick him square in the nuts. Allegedly. So, because I'm telling you, that movie is fucking perfect. You've got Patrick Swayze, you got Keanu Reeves, you got crazy ass Gary Busey as like one of the heads of the FBI. Like that movie is, I mean, it's so quotable. Like uh, Keanu Reeves, I am an FBI agent. I mean, like it's. Oh, I'm telling you, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get. Roadhouse and Point Break and watch it back to back and have a double header. Do Roadhouse first and do Point Break afterwards. I'm telling you. And get a Don't couple of some wings. I'm telling you. That that's a badass Sunday afternoon, man. That is a lazy Sunday there waiting to happen. He was in the Outsiders as well. Don't forget about that movie. Oh, uh, true. That's another good one. The Outsiders? Yeah. That movie had everybody in it. Tom Cruise, Ralph Ralph Macchio, Matt Dillon. I mean Thomas C. Howell, I mean, all kinds of people in it. That, like, that if movie you were, like, worth half of a shit in the 80s, you were in The Outsiders. The Outsiders. Yep. Oh, um, that that movie sounds familiar, but I cannot think of the plot just, of that movie. Just look it up. Yeah, it's it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola, so, like, he was a, you know, he's a famous director, but yeah. it's one of, it's like a group, I mean, it's like a bunch of greasers, like, it's, they're, they're like, you know, it's like, a, not like a gang, but it's their group that they're in, and they're protecting each other like family, you know, they're like family, and uh, something happens to one of the members, which I won't mention, and, uh, and you know, they're out there to seek vengeance, and, and it's, it's really, really great, and it also just shows you how living in, like, a society, you know, where you're born, you know, and all that stuff, like, that can affect, like, how you grow up, and mm-hmm. how you have to, especially if you don't have parents that aren't there for you, and how do you, how do you survive, uh, literally, how do you survive? And like, you, and you like where do you, what happens when you fall through the gaps? Like, right. if society, if you fall through the cracks, like, where the fuck do you land up? You know, that's another good one. And look, but we it, can talk about Swayze for days. Look, yeah. and I and I go on vacation next week, so those are good three movies that I well, four movies that I need to check out. Uh, I'm yep. so happy about this because <laughs> these are these are there's ton of eighty movies that I literally missed that other people see that are like classics to them that are favorites and i feel like i, I need to do a service and and actually watch them um uh and, well my last one johnny you own the soundtrack you should already know what this one is an american tale i love fifo oh. i love that soundtrack as a kid the movie and the animation i've i have always been about animation and even before I got into uh, anime and stuff like that, you know, American animation was all I knew. Um, besides, like, Voltron and stuff. But I went to the movie theater, and I seen an American tale, and just hearing the songs, and just watching the, the struggle that Fi- uh, FIFO had, and just loving the mouse. And 
I, that's like one of my childhood movies of all time. Like, I love that movie. I mean, I love stuff like The Wizard of Oz and The Wiz and other animated and like kids stuff. But American Tale is like uh, would be my all time like top ten movie classic of of my whole life. You know, nothing cannot stop that or take that away. So that's mine. Um, that's a really great film. Yes. Uh, also, the, the composed uh, composed by the late and great um, uh, James Horner. So I mean, yes. he's uh, no longer around anymore. Uh, he passed away, I think, last year. Yes. Uh, and, the year, yeah, a year ago. Um, but I, it's a fantastic, fantastic film. Johnny has the original soundtrack on CD, and I literally lost my mind because I because yeah. uh, that's why. These, I mean, these both were my brothers in in Florida, and I loved them. But oh, when Johnny saw that, when he seen that soundtrack, I I literally wanted to cry on the podcast because I was so happy looking at that soundtrack. Like that is the bee's knees. So that's our '80s favorites. Um, quick question: Was no hold with no hold bars? Was that '80s or '90s? No holds barred. I think was '80s. Okay. The Hulk Hogan movie. That movie. <laughs> he was, it's just, looking at it now, it's just so funny to watch. <laughs> so, but we're going to go into our 90s, and we're actually going to start with you, Deuce. What is your favorite first 90s movie? Okay, so this category i'm not gonna lie i cheated like a motherfucker on so just so you know because it was too hard just to pick three so for my number one slot it's a tie between days of thunder and tombstone uh. just because like i said earlier like my dad quotes those like they're extra chapters in the bible and they're so perfect like days of thunder to me is probably in my opinion, is probably the best NASCAR movie that's ever been made. Like, it is perfect. And you've got Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Robert Duvall. You've actually got the guy that was in the Ricky Bobby movie. Uh, Johnny, help me with that. Not a, oh, uh, not the main comedian guy that you think of, but the other guy that's in it with him. Oh. Uh, C. Oh. Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John C. Riley. Thank you. He's in it. I mean, oh, and on top of that, the guy that's in Guardians of the Galaxy now is in it, too. Um, and he played Merle on The Walking Dead. Um, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to have Johnny look that one up because I can't pull that out of my ass. But, like, all these amazing people are in that movie. And it's, it's like, it is so perfect. And it's one of those movies that's got a really good arc. It's got a really good story. The music's good. Um and it's actually funny. My uncle was there at Daytona when they filmed the movie um, and got to see some of that. And he's like, well, I'm in the movie. I'm like, where? He's like, oh, I'm in the grandstand over there somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> so but I mean, I love that movie because I love NASCAR and Tombstone. Uh, oh. I don't if you like Westerns or not. That movie, not only is it so quotable, I'm. I'm pretty sure, in my personal opinion, I don't think any Western can beat Tombstone. Oh, I think no. Tombstone's like I, at the top. That that movie, I think it's just it's an all time classic. For it's amazing. Yeah, like, of the two films, of the two films, that's the 
I, I think I think Tombstone is all around a great film. I think anybody yeah. can access it. You know, I think Days of Thunder is good too, but I think, yeah. it, you know, it's only for a certain niche audience. Yeah. Tombstone like, is just like, amazing. To be honest, Days of Thunder hits my sweet spot, mm. and I know from it's number one, but for everybody else, probably not so much. But Tombstone as a whole, like. If I had grandkids, I could show Tombstone to my grandkids, and I think they'd still probably appreciate it. Because, I mean, that movie just all around as a whole, is, in my opinion, is perfect. Have they, rem- have they did a remaster for a Blu-ray for Tombstone? I haven't seen it uh, well, uh, I yet. I would think they would have had to by now. I mean, I could be wrong, because um, I, I know I've got a DVD copy banging around this house somewhere that's been watched about 10 million times. Sure. There is a there is a Blu-ray version, but I don't know if it's like a definitive edition or nothing. I'm, I just did a quick search. There is a version on Blu-ray. Okay. There is uh, a version on Blu-ray. But uh, yeah, I mean that that movie, in my opinion, is just it's about almost as perfect of a movie as you can make. It's excellent. I agree, yeah. and it's got everybody in it: Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Bill Paxton. I mean, it's it's just got everybody in it. I mean, Charlton Heston. I mean, just Everybody yeah. you think, I mean, everyone who was hot in the 90s is in there. So it's, it's a fantastic film. Oh. And that's one of those movies, both of them are, like, if they're on TV, like, if I flip through the channels, it's on TNT or USA, like, I'll drop whatever the fuck I'm doing and watch it. I don't care if it's at the beginning or if it's near the end, I'll drop what I'm doing and watch the rest of it. Uh, so, Johnny, what is your favorite 90s? What's your first favorite 90s film? <laughs> uh, I have to pick one. I picked this one because I, I saw it in theaters and it was a movie and it's kind of a, it, I, it was tough. I, I was kind of with Deuce. It was hard not to pick, like put your top three for nineties because nineties had a lot of really great films. Uh, but this movie, you know, it, it got re people fell in love with the movie again over, uh, because of the sequel that came out last year. Uh, but, uh, Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park in 1993, I remember going in the movie theaters and just, being scared, being like this intense, the visual effects blew me away. As a, I mean, I was just the score by John Williams was amazing. I remember it was raining and thundering the night, the day that we saw it. And I, and every time I walked outside, because you know, in the movie theater, you hear like the T Rex, and it sounded like uh, like thunder, like the T Rex footsteps, because uh, it was thundering outside. And I remember being like scared and dressed uh, park. It still holds up as like one of the best like '90s movies ever. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you two funny little stories about Jurassic Park because I agree with you, Johnny. That movie's damn near perfect. What we would we have been when that came out? About eight or nine, somewhere in there. Yeah, like nine. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to go to summer camp here in town, and we'd ride horses and stuff. And I remember my mom for my birthday got me two shirts. She got me the black shirt with the Jurassic Park logo. And then she got me one with the Velociraptors on it, which I loved. And I, I think I wore until they literally rotted off my body. And the other thing was when we went and saw the movie, there was like a, I'm going to say for lack of a better word, a teenage couple about three rows in front of us. And we're watching this movie and they're, you know, they're making out like through most of it. And I'm like, how the fuck are you making out right now? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, are you watching this? This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. There's like, T-Rexes run around eating lawyers and there's Velociraptors <laughs> just murdering fools and fucking <coughs> fucking Newman's over there getting his face burned <laughs> off with acid 
and you're fucking yeah. sucking face with this old bitch. I'm like, you need to get your head out your ass. <laughs> wow. That movie still holds up too. I mean, especially like if you watch like the Jurassic World movie, which I was kind of hit or miss on. Um, <laughs> the, just the 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 old school like there's there's something about the old school Henson like you know the the Muppets and like the 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 uh, the prosthetics they used and all that like it has it has like a life to it like things felt real. I know they use CG in the film, but they try to use the you know uh, Spielberg tried to use a lot of real world like organic sets and organic you know, uh, uh, robotics and all that. And it's, it still holds up. It's still fantastic. And everyone knows where they were when they, when they saw that cup of water. I I was in at the Cobb theater. Like I could point out to you today where I was sitting in that movie with my mom, like it was so perfect, but I will say this speaking of, 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 uh, Jurassic world, the new one's coming out. And what I really, really like is the the new one they're using like 90% like puppets and like robots and shit. Like they said we thought we used a little bit too much CG in the last one, so now we're going back to basics and we're going to actual robots and puppets and shit. And I'm like nice. that's what I'm fucking talking talk about. Like yeah. I love movies that use practical effects. Like the more practical effects the better in my opinion. Yeah. All right. So well, mine is a movie called Menace to Society. Um, oh, oh, damn it, classic, man. man. fucking classic. good. Yes. The soundtrack is still one one of the best African-American <laughs> soundtracks, hip-hop, R&B soundtracks, still to this day ever made for me. Um, this movie, this was during a time definitely in, you know, the West Coast that, you know, gang violence was kind of, kind of a thing and it was a theme in movies like boys in the hood or uh movies like juice like stuff like that and oh go ahead uh deuce no i was gonna say new jack city i mean there was a lot of movies like that coming out where it was like really kind of like trust me being a country boy from florida i didn't know all this shit was going on and then you start listening to nwa and you know Snoop Dogg and Tupac and Biggie and stuff like that, and you're like, oh shit, like some real shit's going down, like you know shit we didn't even know about, and they weren't showing on TV. You're like, holy crap! So yeah, like that movie, like I would say, New Jack City, Menace to Society, and Boys in the Hood dropped some mad truth bombs on this boy over here. Yeah, because I was like, holy shit, like I didn't, I didn't even know. It, it, it's the uh, same here and. Even though uh, a lot of my family was in, like living in the projects, like in my area, you know, gang violence wasn't that big. Like you didn't really know that big of gang violence in the nineties until you seen something like Boys in the Hood. It did when this little film called Mister Society came out, and it showed how you know some of the black males in, in gang neighborhoods. And just having to survive in that was just like, wow. And then to see the end, like, I don't want to uh, ruin the, the ending at of that movie, but it was kind of, like, hard-hitting seeing, seeing that ending. You know, you think something good would come out, but, you know, not every movie has a happy ending. And so... Um, that movie made tons of more money. Still to this day, a lot of people see it 
And then the soundtrack was just like as good as the movie. And it was using a lot of West Coast artists that normally people here in the Midwest would never have by. It was going to be Dr. Dre and, and uh, not Bad Boy, Dr. Dre and uh, Death Row. But you had a, a soundtrack that that was kind of like the, the it was the summer soundtrack of people's lives. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like the like it was just a phenomenal soundtrack. My brother ended up buying it and I ended up like taking it and listening to it every day. <laughs> yeah, like and that was you're right, like cuz I want to say that movie came out like early summer and like I know for a lot of people in certain groups I hung out with, like that was their soundtrack of the summer. Like we got in their car and that tape was in the tape deck, like, every time we went somewhere. Because it was like, as the kids say now, it was banger after banger after banger. It was like, there wasn't a shit song on it. Like, every single song was a straight banger. Yeah. Johnny, anything? Also, yeah, well, another thing, too, it was, it was also, it starred uh, Jada Pinkett before she was with Will Smith. And that was, yep. like, one of the, the one of her roles that people were like, oh, wow, she's she's really good. And... And for me, when I, I've seen this movie several times, uh, I think it's a really good pick. Uh, and and I'm I'm, a, I'm always a fan of looking at who the directors are and stuff. And to find out, you know, later on that the you know it was directed by the Hughes brothers, and to find out like they they went on to do some amazing films. I mean, this was like their film that kind of launched their careers, you know, as directors. I mean, they they went and did Dead Presidents, another awesome film. Yes. Uh, From Hell, a book of, book of Eli, like they did, they've done a bunch of great films. And to be able to be able to do this, because I mean, this is not an easy film to watch. I mean, there's a lot of intense moments, uh, and it's you know, it's you know, they deal with a lot of stuff with drugs and violence, and I mean, there's, there's a lot of things in this film, and it feels real and feels like you're like a fly on the wall, you know, in the experience. I mean, this. I mean, if correct me if I'm wrong, this is like this was done back in L.A., right? Like this was like a, a yeah. set in L.A. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's, it's all West it's, Coast. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fantastic, great soundtrack too. Like you guys are saying, uh, it definitely is. Anyone listening to this podcast needs to check this film out. It's it's a required viewing. They they definitely yeah. need to check it out. It is a really great pick, really good movie. Yes. Well, Deuce, what is your second favorite '90s movie? Okay, now here's where I really start cheating. So, <laughs> and I'm just gonna be real with you because i couldn't pick one and the reason is i love kevin smith like in my old apartment i had a whole wall and had every single kevin smith movie poster framed and in my house now because johnny will tell you i've still got several kevin smith post movie posters framed in my house so uh, it's mall rats clerks chasing amy and dogma and the reason i went ahead and threw all four out there is i think everyone has something different to it but they're all like in my opinion, classics, because, I mean, yes. you know, suburban white boys that love comics, like, this guy talked to us on a level that, like, I didn't know, a, like, I don't know how to even put it into words, but it was like, I didn't know a director could speak to me so much where it was like, he, he was like, he was like, he touched my soul almost, like, he was spitting right at me, like, there's scenes, it's like in Mallrats, when they're talking about the comics and everything, and like, I was like, oh, because, I mean, I collected comics. You should see, like, Edward, like, the, the guest room in my house, mm-hmm. you can barely open the closet because it's completely full of long boxes of comics because I've been collecting comics that long. And then Mallrats, you know, 
hit me a little bit more later when I got in the retail world. But like once you get in there, it was like, oh man, because that's when I started retail. Was I was sixteen? I was working, you know, at a, a very prominent video game uh, place, and like that really talked to me. And then chasing Amy taught me things I didn't know about the LBGT community that like really opened my mind because at that point, you know, being a, being a white kid from, you know, rural Florida and Polk County, like we didn't, there weren't many gay people around. So it was like having that insight into the gay community to me really opened my eyes to, to things that I wouldn't have normally seen and then also, I think it opened my mind to things where it was like, these are people just like me. They like comics. They like music. They like beer. They like, you know, me and this gay person or lesbian person or bisexual or whatever person is just, they like the same things I do. They, I mean, we don't like the same things in the bedroom, but we like everything else. So it really, and especially you got to remember this was the nineties, man. The nineties yeah. like was still like, it was still pretty homophobic in the nineties guys. Like I hate to be like old, old man winter over here, but like in the nineties, you can still get away with saying the F word. And I don't mean the F U C K word. I mean the F word for gay people and people didn't bat an eye, you know, like we weren't in the time we are now where like things are, you know, things were not as accepted. So like when I saw that movie, that movie blew my brain hole and then dogma. I mean, my God, if you're a religious person at all, like that, 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 that movie opened your mind to so many more interpretations of the Bible and more interpretations of, you know, we're all different people, but we all kind of believe this one thing, you know, it just all four of those movies. I, I can't, you know, I can't say how good they are enough. So I didn't think it was fair to pick just one, oh, but I really think like. Kevin Smith was like definitely at least and Johnny, you might agree with me on this, at least for me, was like the voice of our generation in movies, at least in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For I, sure. I, I think for an independent director as Kevin Smith, he was making the movies that uh, that he wanted to make. And like Marrats is I think Marrats is still one of his best movies. Um yeah, like Mall Rats get shit on on the regular, but I love that movie. And like, that's one of those movies I can pop in, especially like if I'm having a bad day or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll pop in and watch it and I laugh because Jay and Silent Bob are hilarious. They're talking about comics, which I love. Like, it hits all those beats. It's got early, you know, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And it, I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's like fucking perfect. And it, to me, it kind of encapsulates that part of my – I don't know if you'd call it childhood at that point. It's almost like that – That um, I don't know what you would call it, that 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 dusk period where you're you're still kind of a kid but you haven't become a full adult yet. Like it, it hit that, that sweet spot for me and Mallrats did too. But it, all those movies like let me know that there were more people like me and that mm -hmm. I wasn't alone that makes any sense like it was like hey there's other people that think like i do and have the same kind of like ideas that i have and you know it kind of i don't know it kind of just blew a lot of shit open for me personally in my real life where i was like wow like that's what got me into comedy to be honest with you i was like 
this guy has a voice. This guy is doing something with his movies. And it was like, cause you got to remember mall rats was made like on the, like a stupid low budget. Like yes. the budget on mall rats was like dirt. Cause they were literally filming it at night in this little quickie mart. And like, you know, he made it for nothing, made a ton of money. And he became, in my opinion, a voice of generation. He was the voice of my generation. That's why, you know, people, people nowadays say he sold out and they give him shit, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, you know, he was the voice of my generation. He still got something to say. Does he do things now like yoga hosers and things that are kind of, Oh man. But even movies like Yoga Hoser and Tusk and stuff like that, like I still enjoy and I get something out of. And like one of my favorite shows right now is that comic book man he's got on AMC. That show is amazing. And it's just, I feel like that's a guy that's still got something to say, especially for our generation. And then also if anybody out there is listening that is a fan of Kevin Smith, the thing you've got to watch is it's called a night with Kevin Smith. And there's like three of them where he does this like speaking tour to different colleges and that shit will blow your brain all open, just wide open with all this stuff. And it's just really, really cool. Well, Johnny, what do you think about that? Cause I know you've probably at least got a couple thoughts on that. Cause I know you, Oh Kevin. man, I, I love Kevin Smith. Uh, I, I got, I got into him later though. I, 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 I didn't watch the movies when they first came out. Mm. It was a thing like, uh, I also worked at a, um, local, uh, proprietor of rentals of movies. Uh, and uh and so that's like when i really got into it like i i'd seen like i think i'd seen like uh um dogma which i really liked um and then and then i kind of went back in time and then and then uh clerks clerks was so different because yeah. that was his first film and and you know it all shot black and white and everything and and uh and then that one uh, it took me a lot longer to like when i got older i kind of appreciated it more yeah but, that uh, was a while. yeah yeah uh and chasing amy was a movie i didn't see till probably like four or five years ago like that was a movie that i hadn't seen uh when it first came out and that one was you know people always joke like i if if i were if i look like anybody i look like the ben affleck in that film because i had like he had the goatee and all that stuff and yeah i was like yeah i totally agree with that yeah so like uh that movie's really great um kevin smith definitely you know it's a lot of dick and fart jokes. So, I mean, you've got to have an open mind. You know what I mean? Like there's literally a poop monster, uh, in dogma. So like, you, you know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's really great. Uh, it doesn't speak to everybody, but like, I think a good majority of people are like comedy really enjoy his films. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Well, great. He, he yeah. mixes a lot of good things, like, a, like serious philosophical things and still nerdy and comic and like comic things. And he just he, to me, he does a lot of stuff right, and everything that he brings out, you know, if he's written it, it for some reason it just feels original, and I I think that's what I really like and appreciate him that this is something original, and you can't really say or compare it to anything else. Like, only thing that you could probably say is that this is a Kevin Smith movie, and that's pretty yeah. much it. Because he does a lot of wonderful things that I think he sometimes don't get credit for. So. No, I agree. And actually, it's funny because Johnny's coming to the house Saturday because we're interviewing some people for Recon. And you're going to meet one of my good friends, Scott, that I've known since I was probably like five or six years old from the gaming community. And I can't remember what it was. I want to say I was going to get 
my wisdom, there was some reason I was going to be out of school for like three days and at home. And I was like, I'm going to rent a stack of movies. And he's like, you need to rent Mallrats and Clerks. He's like, I don't give a shit what you rent, but watch rent those two. And then when I watched them, I was like, holy shit. It was one of those things that to me, in my opinion, was kind of life changing. Because like once I saw that, I was like, this guy is talking about me and like the things that I I know, like comics and stuff like because you got to remember back then and we're talking about 90s. There was nobody that was talking about young people and comics and sci fi and shit like that. Like one of my favorite scenes in Clerks is when they're talking about the guys that died on the Death Star the second Death Star, and they're like, well, you know, those guys were just contractors. And he's like, yeah, but they knew they were working for the Empire. They knew they were working for good people. It's like if you went and worked at some mobster's house and it got shot up while you were retiling the bathroom, you knew that you were in a fucking shady place. And if you got shot up, that was on you. And I was like, damn, I never thought about that. There was a bunch of people that died on the Death Star that was like fucking day laborers, you know, like fucking people that just – they were putting up scaffolding and shit, you know, that just died because the rebel showed up. And it was like, oh, fuck, I never even thought about that. So, I mean, like, he always puts a spin on, like, he could take something that you know and spin it in a way that makes you think about it. And I think anybody that does something like that has definitely got a voice that you want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So, Johnny, what is your second favorite 90s movie? Uh, this is like it's a movie that I, I I have to pick. It's a very popular movie, uh, and it's a Tarantino flick. So you guys probably already know which one it is. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah, that yes. movie is a classic. It's a classic. It's quotable. I can I probably can quote the entire film. Uh, and the soundtrack is unbelievable. The soundtrack in that movie. Uh, and just. John Travolta and Sam Jackson make an amazing team. I mean, they, they were so great. Uh, and it just, that movie is, there's so many amazing moments in that, in that movie. I, I, you, if you, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you've not seen Pulp Fiction, where have you been in all these years? You need to go check this movie out. You know, was, um, it's, it's a fantastic film. Was Pulp Fiction his debut film? Yes. Who? Uh, no, his debut film was Reservoir Dogs. Was it really? Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Yep, mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs was first, and then and then it was Pulp Fiction. Cause I I've watched Pulp Fiction, um, first, and I thought that was his first movie. Uh, no, I no, Reservoir no, Dogs. Bad. I too, like, cause I guess I watched them out of order. Cause I watched Pulp Fiction, then I watched Reservoir Dogs, then it was Jackie Brown, I think. So I probably watched them out of order, but yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, Tarantino's awesome. He speaks to me. Uh, he's never made a bad film, in my personal opinion. Even Jackie Brown, which is based off a novel, I guess, or a screenwriter or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, uh, he, he did, you know, it's still a really great film. Uh, and of course, Inglorious Bastards was amazing. And like, he's done a lot of great films. I had to uh, rewatch. Is... I had to rewatch Inglorious Bastards. I fell asleep on it. I, I think I was just like, uh, this is just too much exposition and. Django Unchained was excellent. I mean, he's he's just done some fantastic films. Uh, but um, but yeah, Pulp Fiction. I have to go with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that that movie. I actually rented that movie. Um, and just see uh, just see the dancing like it didn't get it high like after <laughs> it. I was just like, 
what in the world is this? And uh, what was the gay part with uh, what's his name getting banged from? Oh, yeah. The gimp. Oh, oh yeah. I man, that that'll, that man that'll that'll light your ass up. I I, I did not expect that at all. That was just like, whoa! What? Where did yeah. this come from? Uh, I always like I always like the the Bruce the Bruce Willis parts in the film too because it feels yeah. a little bit separate from the. And it's always like, what did you? And I love his girlfriend at the time. She's like. Where did you get this motorcycle? It's not a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. And I was like, yeah, Bruce Willis was the man. Bruce Willis was so awesome. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is a, is a good choice. I love that movie. I might have to wait, watch that one. It's just it's just. And they have a fantastic it. Blu-ray, by the way. The Blu-ray is amazing. Yeah. Oh. That, and you need to watch Inglorious Bastards, man, because I'll tell you, uh, and I'll make it quick. Uh, my brother's big history buff like mm-hmm. that was his major in college so when inglorious bastards came out he was like look man we're gonna go get some sushi get some drinks and then we're gonna go watch inglorious bastards so me and him loaded up on sushi and sake and sapporo and got maybe allegedly a little ripped and then we went and watched inglorious bastards in the theater and oh my god that movie is awesome but i mean you've got to be in the right mindset when you're watching it yeah and there are some parts in it where if you start getting sleepy, I could understand where you'd fall asleep. But, like, you just, man, that movie's a good time. Like, that, I love that movie. That intro is fantastic. That whole monologue, the just the long shots, and him just, did, Christopher Waltz, is it, I think? Oh, Christopher Waltz is perfect. Oh. Like, he's the, yeah, like, the best bad guy in it. And then Brad Pitt, like, for me, that took Brad Pitt to another level with me. Like, when he was there, and, and here's the thing, like, th- now this is some old redneckery. He does something called, and I want to say it's called snuff, and what it is, it's ground-up ass tobacco, and he snorts it up his nose like it's fucking cocaine. He's like, and he's sniffing fucking tobacco leaves up his nose, and I'm like, that's some, like, backwoods, Tennessee, South Carolina <laughs> shit. Like, he'll I mean, that's some, like, neck, like, I won't even do shit like that, and I'm about as neck as they come. So I'm like, that's some next-level shit. Wow. And then you had the bear Jew, fucking awesome. I mean, you, oh, my God, the cast of characters in that movie, in my opinion, is fucking perfect. And from, like, top to bottom, that is just, that's just a great fucking movie. Is, is that the, because there's a scene where, the girl and Christopher Watts is talking at the restaurant and he pours milk into her coffee or tea or something, correct? Yeah. Because they're in a bar, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like she does no, she doesn't drink it. I don't think. Or that see that part I have to rewatch because I was just like, because that's one of the best parts because spoiler alert, some shit goes down in that bar. Like that bar scene is like, that. I think it's, middle and that's like one of the big pop-off points before you get to like the final act where it really fucking goes down so i mean in like a, in, in oh, uh in the movie theater oh yeah 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 oh that's yeah yeah theater part but like oh my god like that whole movie it's like and that's why i love with that movie because it's kind of like a roller coaster it goes up 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 and then it plateaus for a little bit and then it'll go up 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 and it'll plateau for a little bit and then it goes all the way up and over the top and you're like holy shit so i mean 
the whole oh that whole movie's good. Like that's a movie like I could I've got it actually on Blu-ray and I can watch yeah. that movie over. I, I have it on movie. I have it on Blu-ray. I just need to pop it back in and literally watch it because there are some good. And I scenes. know you've seen Django, right? Yeah, I have the Django. I fell out laughing okay. that whole movie. The Django is another one of Tarantino's greats. Like Tar, like, like I said, I'm with Johnny. I I literally don't think Tarantino's made a bad movie. Like, there's definitely Tarantino movies that are better than others, uh-huh. but I don't think he's made, like, a straight up-and-down stinker, in my opinion. I know Crazy Eights I need to watch. I think that one's on Netflix. I know I need to watch that one. Um, of course, Kill Bill. Oh, you Bill, mean Hateful Kill... Eight? Yeah. Hateful Eight's fucking good. I loved Hateful Eight. Yeah. Um, that soundtrack's amazing, too. Yeah. Kill Bill 1 and 2 is still my favorite. Uh yeah, I, yeah, dang it. Thank you, Johnny. Now I got to go on, on a Quanta, uh, Tarantino like movie session. It's just like watch all of them. Because uh, Reservoir Dogs is just, it, it, it's, it's beautiful to look at, but they are insane. <laughs> that, yeah. ear, that ear part, I was just like, <laughs> Ah. <laughs> that ear part you're not ready for. Like nobody's ready for that part when it shows up. But I, I gotta drop a little truth bomb here though on you guys. I've never watched uh the uh the one with the bride. Um, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. I haven't seen either of them. You oh man, him. you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah really so good. I need, I need to. I think you've got them on Blu-ray, don't you, Johnny? Yep. I'll let you borrow. Them. I need to borrow them from you and watch them because like. I've watched pretty much every other of Tarantino's movies. That was the only two I didn't watch because I got and, – and I'm going to hate to knock you while I'm asking you for a favor. I got Johnny Syndrome, which is everybody loved it. And I'm like, well, if everybody loves it, I'm, I don't want to get on that bandwagon because Johnny does that all the time. He's like, well, if everybody says this is shit, I'm not going to – you know, I'm not going to just jump on the bandwagon. But now I would love to watch it because, I mean – I love Quentin Tarantino. Everybody says they're great, and I think I should. Plus, I mean, that's right up my alley. That kind of kung fu, you know, style shit. Like, that. that's right in my wheelhouse. So, that'll be fun. Yes, yes. Well, my favorite for a second one for the 90s is Beauty and the Beast, um, the animated version. Uh, the, I love all the songs on there, the animation. Uh, Belle and Beast, I love them. Uh, the teapot was was just funny. Like everything about that movie, I just love. Like I said, one of it's like the animated movies and stuff like that. I've always enjoyed. Uh, I just uh, I couldn't get enough of watching that movie. And I actually bought the uh, latest Blu-ray version uh, of it, like the Diamond Edition of it. I was just like, yeah, I gotta have right. this. I was gonna say Aladdin. Because I have been waiting years for that movie to come to Blu-ray. And when it finally came, I went to Target and got the Target version with the book. I'm like, yeah, I have to have this. Because Aladdin is another one. I was thinking of also The Lion King. But I, I was just like, no, Beauty and the Beast takes rain. Because The Lion King, of course, the soundtrack, some of it, Circle of Life we did in high school. And I was like, ugh, I'm so sick of this song. <laughs> I'm sick of singing in this stuff. But uh, it's still a good one. But Beauty and the Beast is my favorite. So uh, Deuce actually stepped out. So, Johnny, uh, what is your third one? I'm going to uh, bring it back to you. In fact, hold on your third one. What is an honorable mention? Like one you think that we'll all agree on? Of a so don't give you my third. 
Yeah, don't give it the third. Don't give the third away. Uh, but what is just a '90s movie or soundtrack that you didn't put on your list, but you just really want to mention? Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, the '90s was. There's so many fantastic films. Okay, so if I have to like give you a movie that we probably would all agree, um. I'd probably have to go, and this might be a little cliched, but I'd probably have to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That movie, yes. I really, really love that movie. Yes. That movie was fantastic. Yes, that's that's the classic right there. Yeah, I agree. This is funny. It's 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 got a great a great hip hop hip hop. It's got a great uh, <laughs> rock in and you know full of it. Yeah. It's got a great rock and stuff. <laughs> Hip hop. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Ferris Bueller, uh, come on. Oh yeah. Well, oh, the goodness. one I would have to say to answer that question for you, even though it, it's going to be a little weird, is a gross point blank, which is a movie with John Cusack in it, which came out. I want to say it was like late nineties, but it, it actually the soundtrack was so big they put it, two different albums out for it, and hmm. it's all mostly like eighties music. Which I've, I really, really love. I've never heard of that movie. Oh, oh, let me tell you. This it, this is like a hidden gem if you've never seen it. So I'll, I'll just cliff notes it for you. John Cusack is a hitman. And he just, he decides to go back to his high school for his high school reunion. And he goes to fill out a contract. Mm. Well, once he goes back, because literally he left on prom night. Like, on prom night, he left, joined the Army, went in the Army, went to Special Forces, and then became a hitman. Come to find out why he's in town, his ex-girlfriend, who's Minnie Driver, who he's kind of, like, hooking back up with a little bit, it's her dad who the contract's on. So he's like, I I can't kill it. It's my ex-girlfriend's dad. Well, um, oh, goodness, the guy from the Ghostbusters, um... Oh goodness! Um, help me out, guys. Uh, heavy set guy. Um, Ghostbusters. He was also in. Um, he did a couple movies with John Candy. Um, Chevy got his own vodka. Not Chevy Chase. Uh, uh goodness, goodness. Uh, I know who you're talking goodness. about. And I can't uh, think of his name. You're gonna have to give I'm me getting, a second. Yeah, I'm getting a brain fart too. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. The heavy set guy, the one who kind of created Ghostbusters, the one who kind of like came up with the script and everything. Dan Aykroyd. Thank you. Okay. So Dan yeah. Aykroyd's the other hitman who's in town trying to make the hit too. So he's in it. Um, and then there's a couple FBI guys that are kind of watching what's going on. Also, the guy who plays. Um, Artie Gold and Entourage is in it, and it's Jeremy, I'm telling Jeremy you guys Piven. right now. What's that? Jeremy Piven, right? Yeah, Jeremy Piven's in it. Like it's, I'm telling you guys, it's like this little gem. Like, I, literally, I love this movie so much. I have it on VHS and I have it on DVD and I have it on Blu-ray because I love the movie <laughs> that much. So he I went back to VHS. It. That's the, that's the joke. We you we own the movie still on VHS. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I shit you not. So my dad has the entire collection of John Wayne movies on VHS. 
So when they stopped selling VHS uh, players at Walmart, they were on sale for like 20 bucks or some shit. I bought six of them and they're in my attic. So anytime his just dies, I just pull another one out, unwrap it, and hook it back up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we get that. I still ah! got VHS players. But I'm telling you guys, Gross Point Blank, not only is it just a great fucking movie, uh, many drivers in it, uh, John Cusack's in it. Actually, Joan Cusack is in it too. Joan yep. Cusack is basically his little secretary at his hitman office. Um but it's it's stellar. Like that whole movie, top to bottom, is great. So I can't. I agree. It's a really enough. good. It's a really good film. I haven't seen it in years, but it, it's 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 a great yeah. movie. But the soundtrack, it's all '80s movies, and it was actually because I own it, and it's two different like CDs full of just '80s music, and I that's one of my favorite soundtracks for sure. So listeners, Johnny just showed us a box copy of the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, he's like, got he's got the original. Actually, he doesn't even have that. He's got the original originals. Which yeah, the original more of yeah. all three Star Wars movies. Yeah, my mom has the original. I have four, I have, I have four versions of Star Wars on VHS. So, <laughs> like, not my VHS. Like, I, I've got like four, four. I mean, seriously, like, I can pull out another version. Like, there's like an uh, another ver- version I have too. You can't see, but there's like I have four versions of the trilogy on VHS, and then yeah. of course I have DVDs, and then of course you know I have several DVD versions, and then I have uh, Blu-ray. And, you know, I just never traded any of that stuff in. So oh, anything wow. Star Wars, I can. well, I think for me the one we'll probably can't agree or think of, and this like not on my list, uh, is <coughs> Batman. With Michael Keaton. Oh, Batman soundtrack with Prince oh. was dope. Party Man and like you, oh, Seal, his song. But yeah, Batman. Like once the, the roller coaster came out to our Six Flags and they played the whole Batman soundtrack when it first debuted, and so we listened to the what? whole soundtrack. Yeah, Six Flags for uh, while you wait in line, they played the whole soundtrack. So everybody who who That's knew about Batman, who knew about Prince, was dancing in line, ready to get on the roller coaster. So your two hour wait, you will probably end up hearing the album about two, about two, about yeah, about two or three times, depending on how long you waited in line. That's yeah. dope, man. Because like I said, that Prince soundtrack, because he Prince wrote every single song for that first Batman movie, yes. and every single one of them was a banger. Yes. I was going to say uh, Face Off, but <laughs> Face Off is just so crazy, but it's still good. When, when a but the soundtrack movie. was awesome because it was all like old school R&B music. Like it was so wild. Yes. Yes, it is. So, Deuce, what is your third movie? And then, Johnny, we're going to get to your third movie. And then we're going to end it with my third movie. So, Deuce, what is your third movie? Your final 90s movie. Okay. This is where, again, I cheated. So <laughs> every year when I was like middle school, high school, like every year for my birthday, we go to the movies together, like me and my mom and my dad. And all three of these had a special place in my heart, so I had to put them on here. And that's The Rock, Con Air, and Armageddon. Uh... 
Because every what? summer, because you, you got to remember, my birthday is June 25th, so it'll be the middle of the summer. So it would always be some sort of Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, Michael Bay, explosion fucking crazy movie. And I have really, and, and part of it's nostalgia for me. I have really good memories of watching all three of those movies, sitting next to my mom my dad. Like, uh, especially my dad, because my dad, he's one of those guys that, like, if he's watching wrestling, sometimes he forgets it's it's fake. And same thing like a movie, sometimes he forgets it's fake. Like, he'll be like, kill that motherfucker. <laughs> like, like he'll get into it. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when uh, Nicolas Cage and The Rock bust that. Uh, it, it's like a little ball of ooze that had, like, I don't know, death incarnate in it. And he smashes it in some guy's mouth. And my dad's like... Yeah, get him! Like, like my dad was like, kill that motherfucker. And especially uh, Con Air. Like, my dad loved Con Air. And then Armageddon was really cool, too. Because I, my dad, like, that was the one that was a little off for him because it's got space in it. But, like, Bruce Willis was there. So he's like, come on, Bruce, you can do it. And, like, my dad legit teared up, like, when Bruce said, okay, I picked a short straw. I got to go out here and blow this bomb up. Like, that's one of, I think, four times I think I've seen my dad cry in person and is when, when Bruce died. I was like, that was fucking cool. Go ahead, Johnny. What you going to ask? Oh, no. To say, I, 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 have, I have to say one of those films is tier level. The other two are okay. They're, they're good, but they're not. As, the Rock is so good that, like, that movie – is like an up is, is in the upper echelon when it comes to action movies. Uh, Con Air is good, uh, and and, and is good, but I don't think they hold up as well as the as the Rock. The Rock is and trivia and this, for, trivia for you, Johnny. What are those things are not like the other? One of those is not like the other. Yeah, there's one factor that is. In Conair and Armageddon, that's not in The Rock. And what do you think that is that makes it different? When I tell you, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. What is it? Michael Bay directed Conair and Armageddon. He did not direct The Rock. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Because it, it's funny. One of my favorite things is, and I just found it recently on um, – director's commentary somebody had like the little clip they put on facebook and i watched it and it's been Affleck like talking and he's like you know i was talking to michael bay and he's like why the fuck didn't we just teach astronauts how to do all this shit and like go and drill it and asteroid shit and michael bay told me to shut the fuck up he's like <laughs> he said shut the fuck up he's like this is my movie and only you guys you well drillers can do this he's like so you're telling me us fucking redneck well drillers can learn in six days how to go to the goddamn moon and an asteroid and shit, but we couldn't teach in six days an astronaut how to drill into a fucking asteroid and put a nuke in it. And he's like, shut up, this is my movie. Get the fuck out of my face. And I was like, you know, that sounds like Michael Bay. Like, I really think that that is a Michael Bay joint right there. And I got a funny thing for you guys. Nicholas Cage, after he got, when he finished Con Air, he went to go start doing, um, uh, face off like right after Con Air like literally got on the plane and yeah. headed to set to do face off and I was just like what <laughs> I just found that out I thought that was so crazy 
Well, see, that's the thing. Back then, those action movies in the 90s took forever to make. Like, it wasn't like now where they get done in 90 days. Like, those movies took a hot minute to make. So I could see where he left from one to the other. And I remember, I love Face Off. I actually watched that with my dad and my mom, my sister-in-law. It was the funniest thing in the world. And Johnny is probably the only person that's going to get this. We were at the Ridge Mall, and they had a huge power outage. Like, there was, because it was summertime, and summertime in Florida, we get these bad electrical storms. So all the power for the whole movie theater went out. So we all left the movie, and we, Borderline had to con my dad to go back in. Because he was like, this movie's goddamn horrible. They've killed, like, a million people. This movie's fucking stupid. And I'm like, Dad, we're going to go in and finish this movie. So if you don't want to go... We'll meet you in the food court or wherever, but we're finishing this fucker. He's like, well, fuck it. I want to see, if, uh, what is it, John Travolta at least kills a few more motherfuckers. So <laughs> he went back in, but, like, we had to, like, literally, like, talk him off a ledge to get him to go back in the movie theater with us. Wow. Wow. So, Johnny, what is your final third movie of the 90s? One of your favorites? Uh, this was a must this was easy. I mean, instant pick for me. Uh, when I think of nineties, uh, um, toy story, toy story, it, the original toy story was like, it made me, it made me realize, yes, we, we can really do CG in films because if you think about it before then CG always came across as like very, you know, like I don't know, cheap looking and yeah. our technology. Like if you go back and look at the first Terminator, like Terminator Two holds up well, but the first Terminator looks doesn't doesn't hold up very well uh, from a graphic standpoint. Like the CG looks really like it's very obvious. Uh, and I remember like this was the very first full live action CG animated film. And I remember you know you mentioned earlier the Lion Kings and the Aladdins and all that. Those are all fantastic films. But I was like, man, this is something I always thought when I was a kid. Like my toys came alive when I walked out of the room. Like I always thought that you know I was like, man, this. This movie spoke to me, and it was also talking about like segregation and talking about discrimination and like you're you know like people are like it was it talked about a lot of social issues and it comes from like a mindset of toys you know yes. talking about oh well you're the you you know you're the brand new shiny thing and oh well you're better than me and and uh, you know you're outcast and you know you're you're old and like it, there's a lot of like it talks about friendship and death and like all kinds of stuff like and this is from a this is about a movie about toys toys yeah. you know and it's just so deep it's such a deep film like it, it, the message to the end was you know love everybody that was the message and that's coming from a movie about toys that talked it's like love everybody accept everybody you know <laughs> and, and this the whole Woody and Buzz chemistry like you know uh, Buzz was the new shiny toy literally. And like, you know, he, he was kind of taking his claim and, and what he felt, you know, out of place. He felt like he was, he wasn't important anymore. And, and it just like, it talked about, you know, accepting other people for who they are and people have flaws and to, you know, uh, learn to live with your flaws. And, and like, it's really deep. I mean, I know I'm making it sound like this is this crazy philosophical movie, but people forget also. I mean, like it had some philosophical things and. I remember because you, I know you love him as much as I do. It's one of Josh Whedon's first movies. And uh, like, I remember seeing it in the movie theater with my mom and it blew, it blew me away, but it blew my mom even more away thinking that this whole movie was made with computers. Cause this was like 95, 96. I mean, 95. 
Yeah, 95, like mid-90s. My mom was like, oh, my God, this whole movie was made for with a computer. And it's got one of my favorite lines in it, and I know I'm going to butcher it. He's like, oh, wh- or Buzz, we're going to miss it. And he's like, I'm not aiming for that. I'm, I'm aiming for something else. He's like, I'm not aiming for the van. I'm aiming for the truck or something where, where you yeah. shoot them over and they land through the sunroof. I mean, that movie is classic, man. Yeah, it was, yeah um, we're not flying. Flying. We're not falling. We're fly, it's flying with style. Yeah. Or, like, I love those the quotes in that. You yeah. know, what are you looking at? You hockey puck, you know, like all kinds of stuff. Like, like the Etch-A-Sketch stuff was great. I mean, the visuals were fan. I mean, awesome. And then the soundtrack. Yeah, well, yeah. Silence real quick for Potato Head and Don Rickles. I mean, oh yeah, Don rest Rickles killed it as Mr. Potato Head, and such a loss to the comedy community that we lost him this past week. And, and even that, we lost Eddie. I don't know if you guys saw it today. We lost Charlie Murphy. Yeah, Fuck, broke my heart, man. Yeah, I had just seen that when I got um got home after work today. Like I looked back and I thought it was it said Eddie Murphy died, but no, it was Charlie Murphy. Uh he died at the age of fifty seven, um, uh, from leukemia battle. I'm like, wow. And then Don Rickles, of course, I think just died yeah. from his age and stuff. That was and that's a well, big Don loss. Rickles was like ninety seven, so I didn't feel so no offense to Mr. Rickles and his family. He was ninety seven years old, so I didn't feel so bad but right. And, and Charlie Murphy, I, it really hurt me a little bit because I loved him so much from Chappelle's show. And also, I, I'm a big fan of a show on Adult Swim called uh, uh, Black Jesus. And um, he's been on that, but he looked really, it, it, use a phrase we use around our house, drawed up. He uh-huh. looked real drawed up. And I was like, something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. And every time I saw him, he's more and more drawed up. And I'm like, Something's going on with him, and then to find out today he'd been battling leukemia. I mean, God bless him and his family. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to him. But I mean, God, what a, I mean, that guy was a comedy genius. Because I mean, Chappelle's show was great, but I think Charlie Murphy and the other uh, Ashy Larry, the other guy that was on it with him, I think really were the hearts and souls of that show, along with uh, Dave Chappelle. And I just, you know, our, our, our thoughts and our prayers go out to him and his family, but. You know, it, it's sad that we're losing all these comedy icons. Yeah. <sighs> okay, that's that's our silence. <laughs> uh, was Toy Story um, Disney Pixar's first debut? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. But it, done a short it was a Pixar that. movie, wasn't it? It wasn't even a Disney movie. Or Johnny, you could correct mm-hmm. me on that. It was well, Disney. See, yeah, Pixar did before. Um, Pixar had done a a short. Uh, it was like the a baby's first first toy or something like that. It was uh-huh. about a a little a baby and like a little uh, drummer boy toy, and uh, that was like a I don't know like a fifteen minute little short, and that was like the concept for like hey we can do a full film, and I guess they had these were all original animators from Disney that came in and they, they wanted to form their own studio, but they didn't have the funding, I guess. So I guess Disney helped back it, but it was created by Pixar. I think that's how it goes. So I think that's how the story went. Well, um, I thought it was that I think Microsoft or Apple owned Pixar and then they sold it to Disney. Apple did. Yeah. Apple, okay. Apple had, uh, had owned, owned uh, Pixar, the, the original like studio, I guess. And that's why like Steve, 
Steve Jobs was very crucial to getting, you know, getting it off the ground. Um, so. Okay. Well, everybody, my final 90s movie, of course, if people know me, people in the black community, in our high school, just, if if I don't say this, I might get yelled at. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Lauren Hill, Whoopi Goldberg, Eye on the Sparrow, Happy Day, Joyful, Joyful, that ending, all the songs, it, like, you can still go back, and the soundtrack is phenomenal, like, the soundtrack is no joke, uh, it, it, I, it's just a movie still to this day, that in the black community, they can sing all those songs part by part, for, for no apparent reason, like, they hear it and be like, I know how that goes. And they would just sing it. Like in church, in school, <laughs> at choir rehearsal with friends. Like that was one of the biggest musicals of the 90s uh, for us. And so Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. I, it's on Netflix. I was watching it and I was just like, man, this was so good. I was I was going to do Pretty Woman because uh, that was kind of like my first romantic comedy of the 90s. But Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, which is, like, major. Um, so, yeah, that is our 80s and our 90s favorite movies. Um, any last word, guys? Uh, Johnny, Deuce, any final words? Uh, I think it's, you know, uh, it's fun to see how everyone had their own favorite movies and why they... Because I actually really like Sister Act as well. I thought... Yeah, Sister Act was cool because it was, uh, you know, the whole idea of um, um, Sister Dolores or whatever, uh, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg's character. Like she, she like, you know, she would, you know, she, she kind of wanted to kind of do something that was more honorable, and she took all these kids and these kids from the, you know, the inner city and whatnot, and like, and kind of had them all had a common bond, and they all loved music, and like I thought it was a really cool story of like redemption. For her and for the kids, you know, saying that hey, we can do what we want as long as we believe in it. And I, you know, I, I, my mom, it was one of my mom's favorite movies. Actually, it was Sister Act. She loved the soundtrack too. The soundtrack was excellent. Um, my mom's a huge, huge Lauren Hill fan, actually. Uh, and she, I mean, she. Your was, mom was. Yeah, my mom was. Yeah, yeah. My mom, mom loved like nineties. Johnny, against. <laughs> No, seriously, my mom loved all like all the '90s hip hop stuff. Like she was in, she had like on vinyl what? and stuff. What? No, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm serious. Saying, man, that's extra layer on the onion that even I. I mean, I've known Johnny twenty years. I didn't know because that's gangster, man. Because like Lauren Hill did some amazing, amazing records, especially in the '90s, and like she brought hip hop, in my opinion, to a new level in the '90s. Like it was a level we hadn't seen in a while, where right. it was like just really smooth on dogs and knowing that your mom liked that man that, that that's fucking stellar bro so she owned yeah the, man she loved she owns the miseducation of lauren hill <laughs> oh absolutely but oh she loves that but she she also like you know she owned the soundtrack on vinyl the sister act two uh vinyl like that's... the soundtrack like she she owned it. I, I don't have it i don't know where she did with it but like she 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 loved it um and she loved all that stuff i mean she I mean, obviously, "Killing Me Softly" was a huge hit in the radios. Yes. Uh, that obviously that was huge, huge. I mean, that song is amazing. Uh, it's the whole thing. Yeah, I still every once in a while I'll bust out one time, one time, 
Two times, two times. <laughs> Even at my desk at work, every once in a while, I'll bust out with that, man. Because, like, back when we were in school, that was a, a thing. Like, in class, like, you'd be dicking around and somebody bust out, like, one time, one time, and then somebody bust out, two times, two times. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, that was so Lauren Hill back then, before, before like, after, kind of after and during the Fugees was kind of, you know. But Lauren Hill... Lauren Hill is somebody that's dearly missed. I wish she'd come back and make some more music. Well, she yeah, gotta, she was amazing. She got to pay all those taxes first. So, but yeah, but uh, that is the show, everybody. I want to thank Johnny and Deuce for coming on the show, talking about eighties and nineties movies. They will be back because we have to talk about the eighties and nineties cartoons and snacks, and we have a race. Is that next week? 80- 90s cartoons slash snacks yes all right all right i I have to work on that this week then i didn't man that that's a high bar you're sitting there brother i've got to come up with some good snacks shoot dude there's there's a ton of weird food and a ton of cartoons because someone's gonna say power rangers that's just the automatic so yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's going it's not gonna be on my list because I, I got something I got something else planned for that. Uh so one of y'all will have to pick Power Rangers because we probably all came home after school watching that show. <laughs> so Well, I think what we're all gonna have to do, at least for me personally, is I'm gonna have to pick like six. Yeah. Six in each one and just mark them off when you say them so I got something else to say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 380s, 390s. So, uh, oh, I cannot yes. wait. Our 90s is, our 90s are going to probably be all the same, but we probably watch everything on Cartoon Network, Fox, um, uh, ABC, CBS. Uh, we probably mm-hmm. watched a lot of cartoons. And if we have it, oh, yeah. then I'm just like, I don't know what y'all was doing as kids in the 90s. Cause I was watching cartoons from like two o'clock to five o'clock. So, but uh, Johnny and Deuce, did you guys want to plug anything? Uh, just just our podcast. I mean, uh, we're the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce twice weekly podcast. You know, uh, we love video games, movies, professional wrestling. Uh, so just go follow us at HH Podcast Show on Twitter. Send us a line, um, HH Podcast Show at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, just come check us out. We're on there as well. And uh, we appreciate you. What's a Facebook? Facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. So go on there as well. Um, and we appreciate Edward uh, for having us on the show. We're looking forward to being on again soon. Thank you, guys. They have had me on their show. So, guys, do check out that episode. Uh, but this one, oh, we we almost did about two hours talking about eight. It's just like six movies per person. And we probably added more movies, but there's a ton of great 80s and 90s movies. If you guys have not checked out the, uh, the movies that are our favorites, we do recommend a lot. I got like a, a lot from this that I need to check out. Um, and I'll probably end up discussing it with these guys. Be like, you guys are right. I love this movie now. This quote is the, uh, so, but thank you guys for listening. You guys can follow me on Twitter at that retro code you guys can email the show at my op to comment at yahoo.com i would love to hear what you guys think of uh 80s and 90s movies what's your favorite what would you recommend for me to check out or any of us to check out and stuff 
You guys can check the show out on the anonymous radio network.podbean.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Uh, and with that, everybody, we will talk to you later. We will see you with the 80s and 90s cartoons and snacks. Until then, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we watched the Nintendo Direct if you haven't seen that yet because it was mind-blowing good. And with that, everybody, we are out. Peace. Hi. See you guys.